Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas. And Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball betting podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hey, warm hello. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the baseball betting podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Got a great podcast for you. As you heard in the introduction, this is now a wide ranging baseball podcast, not just the MLB, not just the KBO, but a little bit of everything. So as a result, we're going to be bringing in one of our good buddies from the MLB Network, Keith Arizari, for the second segment. We're going to talk to him just with regards to where the owners and the players are at because in order to bet on the Major League Baseball season, we need a Major League Baseball season. We're also going to be talking to him a little bit about the logistics of what is all going on and a couple teams that he thinks might be a live success if we do wind up getting a shortened 2020 season where these games might be played and so much more. So a little bit of a nice MLB chat in the second segment. Segment. Then in the final segment, we're going to give you every game on the KBO betting board side, total, and breakdown in a little something I like to call Touch Em All. Always love being able to answer your Twitter questions as well. You can fire those into my timeline at GUnit underscore 81. If you send these via DM, well, the letters DM to me me does not matter, but if you send them to the timeline, more than happy to give you guys an answer. Got a couple common ones from quite a few of you guys, so we'll dive into those real quick. So you have questions, and Greg may or may not have any insight into 
listen to them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. I know that with a lot of you guys, you've been asking where I find games to watch when they aren't on ESPN, because obviously ESPN ones are pretty easy to find. The ones past that, they can be a little bit more difficult, and I've noticed that the streams really adjust night to night, so what I do is I try to find as many streams of games as I can on Reddit, because they update this every single night. You've got Redditors, as I think that they're called. I'm not hip like the kids, but I think that's what they're called, that wind up posting up the links to the stream. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. For the games I can't get a stream on, you actually can get a GameCast for every single game on mykbostats.com. It's sort of like the MLB GameCast, where you don't necessarily have live video and everything like that, but you can see exactly what ending they're in, whether or not it's like a 2-1 count, you're maybe behind by 30 seconds, but you're able to catch wind of what is happening, so you've got an idea of what's happening at bat to at bat, how many pitches are in that at bat, how many pitches the guys has fouled off, everything like that, so that is what I do for everything that I can. I try to get video, if not, I go to my KBO sites and just follow along with the GameCast. I know a lot of you guys have been asking me, when is it best to bet on these underdog, these favorites, everything like that. What I've noticed is, when it comes to these short underdogs with, like the KT Wiz, aka the Smiling Blobs for Saturday night slash Sunday morning, they seem to get a lot of steam early, and the other thing that gets a lot of steam early, the big favorites, like we noticed it with Key Womb Heroes, the Doosan Bears, everything like that. It seems like when they're a minus 160 or greater favorite, they get steamed down right away, so they go from like minus 160, and in some cases, it'll move as much as 50 cents. We have noticed that. The NC Dinos, obviously very much a public team. You want to be taking those right away. Meanwhile, in that Dinos versus Hanwha Eagles game, if you like the Eagles, you probably want to wait a little bit longer on them. So, just a couple questions I wanted to answer you for you guys. Always love being able to give you guys a couple little tips, a couple little answers on this podcast, so always feel free to fire in those questions. Now, let's take a look back at yesterday's results in the KBO. Try to find some trends, get to know these teams a little bit better in the process as well. Games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. If you've been betting the yes on will there be a run in the first inning in these KBO games, well, you've been doing quite well. 10-0 the last two nights, and we have seen three sweeps of the yes in the last five days. That right there is at minimum 15-10 and 10 if the other two days had all no's. So certainly that has been hot, and what else is getting hot? How about our good friends, the KT Wiz, a.k.a. the KT Smiling Blobs? They were on a two-game win streak, but they have now won six out of their last eight games. They take down the LG Twins by a count of six to two. And in this one, the hero for the Smiling Blobs is our good friend, Mel Rojas Jr. He wound up going deep twice in this game. He now has four long bombs on the year. 455 batting average. He has been white hot recently, at least two hits in each out of his last four games, so he certainly got the job done in the lineup. And Min Kim gave this team a very good performance as well from a pitching standpoint. He entered with a 9 ERA. He had just gotten completely blown up in his first start of the year against Tucson, which has been a theme in the KBO, but Mr. Kim, he wound up going five and two-thirds innings. He gave up one run, and the bullpen has undergone a little bit of an adjustment for the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs. They wound up getting rid of a reliever in which had three losses at two blown saves in less than three weeks, and as a result, you saw them look a little bit better. 
Friday night slash Saturday morning as they wind up going a combined three to third innings. They give up one run. They were able to evade some danger. And then for the LG Twins, Wu Chan Cha. He wound up getting the start in this one. And Cha Cha Cha, he was doing the giving up runs dance. He winds up giving up four over the course of five innings. And then from there, Bopen gives up two runs over the course of four. So the KT Smiling Blobs, they were able to get the win. We were talking about the Doosan Bears. They were able to open their game up against the Samsung Lions in the fifth and sixth inning. They put up four spots in each of those innings. They get a 10-6 win. And in this game, you saw seven home runs in the first seven innings of the game. So anyone that's trying to tell you that the ball is not juiced, well, I might want to disagree with you. But what else we know is that it's pretty easy to hit off an 18-year-old. Dong J. Wan wound up making his first career appearance in the KBO for the Samsung Lions. The Lions wound up having to get 26 outs in their bullpen the game before because Ben Lively went out with an injury. So Mr. Wong wound up getting his first career appearance and it did not go as planned. He struck out the first batter he faced and he actually got three strikeouts, but in the process he gave up eight runs, all of which were earned, including a grand slam to J. Wan. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. He is getting hot. 387 batting average so far this year. This after he had a buck 64 last year. He had three home runs all last year. He's already got three this year. He was a little bit off last year. Certainly he has been able to pick it up. And how about a man that is certainly picking it up? Jose Miguel Fernandez. Four of five in this game. He is hitting 500 for the year. That is absolutely ridiculous. And then for the Nissan Bears, Raul Alcantara wound up giving up four runs, three of which were earned over the course of six innings. Bullpen has been a little bit shaky for Nissan. They weren't great, but they weren't terrible in this one. They give up two runs over the course of three innings, and they are able to get the job done from there. So Nissan continues their winning ways. The Kiwum Heroes, they continue their winning ways whenever Eric Jokic is out on the mound. Heroes are able to get a 12-4 win. Speaking of Grand Slams, you have one in this game as well. Jung Ho Lee winds up supplying a grand slam late in this one. He's out hitting a 381 young 21-year-old that has four home runs this year. He had just six home runs last year and six home runs the year before, so he is certainly heating up. And speaking of heating up, the league leader in home runs from the KBO last year, Byung Ho Park, he had just two home runs coming into this game. Well, he doubled that number as he got two home runs in this contest. He was hitting below the Mendoza line. He was certainly able to bust out. Big performance for him. And then with Mr. Jokic, he gives up two runs over the course of six innings. He has now gone four starts and has a 1-170 RA. That's one of the tops out there in the KBO. Bullpen from there for the Heroes. They were solid. They wind up giving up two runs, but only one of which were earned over the course of three innings. And for Lote, this is a team that they wound up having to go with the wholesale approach in this one. Nobody went more than three innings in this contest. Inbok Lee got the start. He gave up one run over the course of one inning, which means that the bullpen gave up 11 runs in eight innings. This for a Lote team that had actually been pretty solid out of the bullpen, but it's a little bit difficult when you need to get 24 outs out of that bullpen. The Kia Tigers did not wind up having to get too much out of their bullpen, and they were able to take down the struggling SK Wyverns by kind of 8-3. to three. For the Wyverns, they are now 2-14. and 14. Hard to believe that this team nearly won the KBO regular season during 2019. And for Kia, they were able to get a solid start out of Aaron Brooks. Very much a pitch-to-contact guy, and you saw that represented in his numbers. He winds up giving up seven hits in six and two-thirds innings, but he actually set a record for 21 innings without issuing 
inning, a walk that is the most innings that a foreign-born pitcher has ever went in the KBO before issuing their first free pass. He did wind up giving up three walks, and he did give up a home run in this one, but he was able to do the job at the bullpen from there for the Kia Tigers. They go two and a third innings. They do not give up a single run, so a little bit of credit there. For the SK Wyverns, it was promising that Jinji Young was able to go yard in this one. It's something that they need because Jamie Romack has really been struggling. He had 29 home runs all of last year, just two so far this year, and for Jinji Young, this was his First home run ever since the 2018 season. So needless to say, it had been a little bit of a while for them. And for the Wyverns, this is a team that's really struggling out of the bullpen. Last year, they were one of the best bullpens in the KBO. They gave up four runs over the course of three innings from the bullpen. And Taeun Kin was having a solid start to the season. Before this night, he winds up giving up four runs over the course of six innings, including a dinger and supplying that long ball. Jun Han Na, he has really actually done a solid job for Kia. This is a man that's 35 years old, but is hitting a 250. First home run of the year for him. And something else that was a first was the Hanwha Eagles just winding up getting completely shellacked. They did not have a hit through the first five innings, but they were able to get a couple chances, weren't able to capitalize. The NC Dinos get a 3-0 win over the Eagles. Minwoo Kim was able to give a solid start in this one for the Eagles. He winds up going five and two-thirds innings. He gives up two runs. And the pitching for the Eagles, especially considering they were going up against the NC Dinos, it was solid. They wind up going two and a third innings out of the bullpen. They give up one run. So certainly nothing that you can knock there. But Drew Rosinski was just on his game in this one for the Dinos. He winds up giving up four hits and a walk over the course of eight innings. Nine punch-outs. And then from there, John Hun Wan wound up being able to close out the game. He leads KBO in saves with six. He's had only one blown save in the process, 123 ERA. He's looking like a good reliever. And for the Eagles, they just did not get a single hit out of the 7 through 9 A little bit of an issue there. And for NC, it does need to be noted, Aaron Altair continues to be Aaron Altair. Terrible 0 of 4 in this game. He's hitting a 204. At the very least, he's not Tyler Saladino, who's hitting less than a buck 50 for the Samsung Lions. If your batting average is less than how much it costs for a 10-piece chicken nugget at Burger King, it's not necessarily going well for you. That is the big takeaway that I have from the KB from Friday night's live Saturday morning. Now let's take a little bit of a look at the MLB right now. As this is a wide-ranging baseball podcast, we're going to be inviting on our good friend from MLB Network and the Zone, Keith Arizari, next to talk about where things are at with trying to get us an MLB season, some logistics behind it, and some of the teams that he thinks has a shot to have very big 2020 seasons if we do wind up getting that condensed season. And that's on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Blake Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson, coming at you from the lovely city of Las Vegas, Nevada. And it is great to be joined by our next guest. As we know on this podcast, it used to be MLB Overtime Betting, but now we've went a little bit worldwide with baseball. We gave you a KBO recap in the first segment. Here in the second segment, we're going to check up on how things are looking with regards to the MLB and helping me do so. Keith Arizuri, you can follow him on Twitter at his name, Keith Arizuri, and I will spell that last name out for you. I-R-I-Z-A-R-R-Y. He does great work with CBS Sports Network. That's a little bit more on the NFL side. But with regards to his baseball work, you can find that more on DAZN and also MLB Network. And Keith, it is great to have you aboard today. How are you? Great to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on. And I know that obviously we've been hearing it the past week, week and a half or so, just the impasse that the MLB owners and the players are having. We've had so many people speak publicly, like Blake Snell. I know that obviously you've got a couple guys that are very concerned about safety as well. 
Do you ultimately think that we are going to get a deal done for the MLB season? I have to think that there's just so much riding on both sides in order to get a season, even if it would be a little bit of a loss. I think that you'd be losing more money if you wind up not having a season due to the lack of fans and owners might actually lose based on paying these prorated salaries and everything like that. So I think it's a tricky situation for all. I think I felt a lot more confident a couple of weeks ago. I think that everyone wants a season to happen. I do believe that. I think that the players want to play. I think that the owners want to have a season, but I do think there has still been an impasse on a lot of different parts. Obviously that 50-50 split of the revenue, the players aren't going for that. Now we're waiting on this upcoming week to find out what kind of changes may have happened in the most recent negotiations. I'll tell you this, it is definitely scary that we are now sitting here at the end of May on, you know, Memorial Day weekend trying to figure out, will we get an agreement done? When this all began like a month ago, we were thinking about what? July 4th as a potential start date. That's nearing in. And now it's getting scary as to if that date can happen. I do think that this would be detrimental to the game if you wind up not having a season. And we know that in order to have a season happen, there is going to be a lot of safety protocols. There's going to be changes to the game itself. We're hearing so much about somewhere between an 80 and 85 game season. It seems like that median number of games is right around 82. And if we do wind up having a season, what sort of realignment do you think will be happening? Because I know that there's been trotted out there the one bubble system. There's been Grapefruit League, Cactus League. There's been Teams playing in their home ballpark, but doing it a little bit more by East, Central, and West region. So I do think that that's something that needs to be brought up as well, because we've heard a lot of these different realignment plans. So here's another issue with this too, and it's very difficult to speculate because it depends on what network you are paying attention to, whether it is MLB Network, whether it is ESPN, whether it is insert name of network. And I feel like each reporter has a little bit of a different take on what we know. Here's what we know. We don't know anything right now. There's a lot of speculation. I mean, I do think the three division alignment kind of works. We need to find out where, in fact, everyone can play. I mean, we've got, you know, the NBA now talking about Orlando. That seems like that's going to make sense for them. I was just talking NHL and NHL Network this week as well. And, you know, Vegas seems to make a lot of sense for that. So baseball at this point is trying to figure out what, Areas of America, for one, will work to be able to play and be safe. And then for two, what teams you send where. Because right now, we're having so many issues with travel restrictions that is going to restrict people. And then also, don't forget that as much as us as fans want to see this sport back, these are human beings that may have families that maybe don't want to be away from their family for multiple months at a time. That's where a lot of this does get very tricky. I'm right there with you. And we have seen in the minor leagues, I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan in the past couple of years, they've certainly had some remaking with their minor league system. They put in a team of Biloxi, Colorado Springs. And I remember when those ballparks were under construction, the minor league team wound up playing like 40 plus games on the road to begin the year. And then they backloaded the home slate. Do you think that might be a possibility with this? Because it's something that I haven't heard rumored at all, but I have to think that this is something that has to be entering into the back of some of these guys' minds. Because as we know, the restrictions in places like Washington, in places like California, they're not quite the same as they are in Florida and Georgia, where it seems like the southern states are much more open. Well, I think it's going to come down to how much do the players want to play in a shortened season in which it'll be like nothing 
we've ever seen before. Because the owners, listen, they're going to want the sport to happen. Whether it's for 80, 82 games, whether it's only in one city or whether it's in five different cities, they want to see action because it's the only way that they can make money at all doing this. As for the players, it's such a tough spot for them because when you don't make millions like most of us don't, we want to sit at home and judge these athletes if they don't want to play for a prorated salary or take less of a salary. But that being said, there's a reason why there's a union. There's a reason why the Players Association fights for all of the things that they fight for. And they want to have those agreements set. So there's got to be some sort of meeting in the middle. I think that it's going to become very interesting to see how much we do judge players if some decide to say, hey, we don't want to play. I was also recently reading in some of the contracts, there is verbiage that probably will preclude players from just sitting out. You know, for argument's sake, let's say player A says, listen, I don't feel comfortable playing, but the league has deemed it safe and healthy for you to play in said area. That player may be forced to play or give away some of his money. The logistics of these contracts going to be coming to play more than ever, as we do have Keith Arizari joining me right here on the podcast. And what else is going to be coming into play with regards to player safety is probably a little bit of a changing of the rules. We were supposed to have a couple rule changes for 2020. As we know, the relievers coming into an inning, they have to either finish the inning or they would have to face at least three batters. That might be something that we might see a little bit of a change with just because if there is one specific position that I feel like is being hurt the most, it is the pitchers. And I think more specifically, starting pitchers. As we know, the active roster was going to be changing from 25 players per day to 26. I think that needs to be expanded a little bit more because I have to think the hardest thing to simulate right now is live game pitching for these guys that you're used to going out there. They're used to throwing 90 plus pitches at like 90 plus miles per hour. It's just really hard to simulate that. A lot of these guys, they're throwing into a net because the only person that they really have in their lives to play catch with is maybe like a young son and maybe like a 30-year-old wife or something like that. And let's face it, you don't want to be putting 90 plus mile per hour fastballs on those people. (laughs) That's a a really good point. It's so funny that like, as you were saying it, I'm envisioning like Clayton Kershaw, you know, throwing fastballs to, I think he has a a couple of young kids. That being said, all right, listen, rules wise, yes, I I believe that there will need to be some changes. Uh, They probably will not be able to do everything exactly the way that MLB planned on going into this season. And again, it comes down to where are the players and where are the ownership group and where are the teams willing to bend and when aren't they going to bend? And that's where this could turn into a big, you know, bleeping contest, if you know what I mean, where it's, all right, I'm not going to bend on this. I'm not going to bend this. You better bend on this. So, dude, I have no idea what's going to come of this. Like, I thought from you know my inroads at MLB Network and DAZN and the people I speak to over there and the JP Morosis of the world that I'm in contact with, it appeared a month ago, three weeks ago, we were fast forward, this was going to happen. Each and every day, I'm getting a little bit less confident this can happen. It certainly has been something that has been changing by the day. But one thing that we know will be okay if we wind up doing a season is the fact that we are going to have the universal designated here. It seems like everyone is is in agreement, yeah. whether you like it, whether you hate it. I'm someone that I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan. I'm used to the National League style, but we are going to be getting a universal designated here. Whether it's utilized or not, that's obviously a question as well. But 
you got to think that with this passing through, the players and the owners all agreeing on it, that we're going to have some sort of realignment. But I do think what is going to be very interesting is how the MLB really tries to balance realignment while at the same time keeping those great rivalries like Yankees, Red Sox, like in my case, Brewers versus Cubs. And I do think that the things that we've heard of the last couple of weeks with players playing in their home ballpark, but doing it by region, East, Central, and West really does a good job of being observed this while at the same time integrating National League and American League teams. At this point, to me, my favorite plan that I've at least heard of is that East and Central and the West. And, you know, obviously yeah, there'll be a few oddities in there, you know, like the Mets being in the East and then playing mostly against the Yankees and Red Sox and, the, and that division. There will be some oddities. Can we double back to oh, the yeah. Universal DH? Now, listen. I have covered baseball for most of my professional broadcasting career. I am a big proponent of the universal DH, and I know it goes against everything that we're supposed to love about baseball. With that being said, I am a guy that can grow with the times. I look at pitchers hitting, and while there was Bartolo Colon hitting a home run once that you know made every meme and gif look amazing, and you know the Zach Grankies of the world that can hit sometimes, and the Madison Bumgarners of the world that hit a home run here and there, I don't like that most of the time that number nine slot, whether it's eight or nine, in the National League is pretty much an assumed out. I'm all for more scoring. I'd like to see the better players doing what they do well, and I'm all in on a universal DH. The big thing for me is I do feel like there is a little bit more strategy when it comes to the National League style. Obviously, watching some of these pitchers hit is just absolutely brutal. It's like, all right, and we've got up here a guy that's hitting a 0 not a 275, not a 175, a 0.75. <laughs> But at the same time, you do get like the double switches. It does make a little bit more strategy. So you lose something, you gain something. It certainly is something that I'm not going to fight because let's face it, I think we both agree. We both want a season, but something that I am looking at for a 2020 season, as long as we do wind up getting it is, I think that pitching depth is going to be the most important thing because I mentioned it. I think that the position yes. that is suffering the most is probably going to be these guys that they typically go out there, they give you seven strong innings. It's just hard for a guy to be able to ramp up even if you do have a little bit of a second spring training. I take a look at a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, like the Milwaukee Brewers, that in the last couple of years, they've done a great job without necessarily those ace starting pitchers, but a whole bunch of guys that they're able to give you a couple strong innings. You can call upon them on just any given day. And these teams like the Brewers with Josh Hader, and once again, the San Diego Padres with Kirby Yates, that they're able to get that lockdown ninth inning when they have a lead. I think that there's going to be more value on these teams than ever before. I look at teams with big bullpens, and I, I could not agree with you more. I mean, I think the Yankees find themselves in a good spot. If the Padres can kind of start clicking as a team in general, I think their bullpen could set them apart. I agree with you about your Milwaukee Brewers with Hader and Phelps and, and a bunch of those other guys. The Rays you mentioned, yeah, I'm all in on teams this year in particular with the better bullpens. We've seen in the postseason bullpens matter. And yes, it will matter in the postseason if there is one, but in the regular season, it may matter even more than maybe ever. Absolutely. And especially considering the fact that we might have half the games this year that you typically do. I mean, if you drop one out of 162 games, a little bit less of a deal than if you have a little bit of a cold start in an 82 game season. So it is going to be fascinating to see all this. And Keith, I know you're doing a great job of rolling with the punches. You're actually looking at two different leagues that are looking to start back up with the <laughs> NHL and the MLB for MLB Network and NHL Network, respectively. You do great work with the Zone and so many other outlets. So, let the good people at home 
know where they're able to get a little bit more of your work and just what you're doing in general. Oh man. So yeah, NHL Network, MLB Network, definitely. DeZone as well. Once we get baseball back, we'll have change up back on DeZone for season number two. I'm on Sirius XM. I'm on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Fantasy Sports, and NFL Radio. And then I'm utilizing my time at home to to make a dream come true for myself. As a child, I always dreamt of being a game show host. So during this pandemic, I have officially launched a virtual game show. It's called The Virtual Ring. It's on IGTV. It's on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's on my YouTube channel as well. We're already four episodes in. I'm having a lot of fun. Episode one, we had Ryan Dempster and Steven Nelson. I had Darius Butler, Antoine Bethay, two former NFL players. Actually, Antoine Bethay is not technically retired yet in episode number two. Went the actor route in episode three with Kelly O'Coin and Dan Soder from Billions. Had a pair of singers on in my last episode, Nick Tangora and Jackie Butler. And the episode that'll drop on Monday has Ben Verlander and Lauren Gardner. So we're having a lot of fun. It's trivia. It's some talent-related stuff. Lots of laughs. Lots of fun. It's It's been a blast for me to be able to put my game show cap on. People seem to love it, so I'm going to continue doing it. That sounds absolutely excellent. And if you ever need a talking gas bag, I volunteer as tribute as well. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, that is absolutely terrific. And Keith is doing great work with being able to keep himself occupied during the pandemic and at the same time keeping up with both the NHL and the MLB. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Coming up next, I'll give you a side in total on Saturday night slash Sunday morning's games and the KBO as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. A big thanks to Keith Arizeri of the MLB Network and DAZN for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side of total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we do a little something I like to call Touch Em All. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRS41. Do you want to throw out there the disclaimer as well? Unlike betting in the MLB in the KBO, you're really betting based on the team. Other than Pinnacle, it's really the only book that I've found that you're able to go pitcher dependent. You're really going on the team. So if the Doosan Bears wind up scratching their starter, if you wind up having a bullpen game with one of these teams, something like that, if you wind up taking the bet on that one team, underdog, what have you, well, you are locked in with that bet. So do want to throw in there that disclaimer? And as per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order, and that begins with 304-641, 304-642. You've got the KT Wiz, or as they're known on this podcast, the KT Smiling Blobs, and they hit the road to face off against the LG Twins. See a little bit of a ranging number here. The Smiling Blobs opened up an underdog. Still able to find them plus 105 out there at a couple spots, but we're seeing a lot of minus 105. That means that the Twins are anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. The total on this game game is anywhere between 10 and 10 and a half and the juice is really varying. With the 10, the over is just anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130. The under is anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at 10 and a half, over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. That makes the under anywhere between even and minus 115. So we are seeing quite a range there. And when it comes to the smiling blobs, they are going to be trotting out there. William Hoivas to the mound. And when you take a look at the LG Twins, they are going to be going
going with their native pitcher in Chenggu Lim. And with Mr. Lim, he has been pretty solid so far this year. 375 ERA, 27-year-old guy. Not necessarily going to give you a whole lot of distance. He has went more than 125 innings just once in his KBO career. And I will say this, he had a massive walks issue last year. He was issuing right around 3.7 free passes per nine innings. So far this year, it's been very good. One walk in 12 innings, so I do give him a little bit of credit. As we know, the Smiling Blobs are dealing with a couple of injuries, but it has been Mel Rojas Jr. that's been able to pick it up. He had two home runs yesterday. This is someone that's hitting a 455. It is still unfortunate that Beho Kong is not in the lineup for this team. It was the number one overall pick, if I remember correctly, in the 2018 KBO draft. He was hitting 333. He had five home runs, so no doubt that is hurting our good friends, the Smiling Blobs. But Woojin Sim at the top of the lineup, he has not been hurting the Smiling Blobs. He's hitting a little bit over a 300. He had 24 stolen bases last year. It's just some of the best wheels that you're going to find out there in the KBO. And we're also noticing that the bottom of the lineup for our good friends of Smiling Blobs is really taking over. Jongdae Bay. How about A-Bay Bay? He is doing well. 370 batting average for him so far this year. That's absolutely terrific. A couple days ago he was hitting in the 9 holes, so I do like what I'm seeing there. And then on the flip side for LG, you've got quite a few guys that have been able to do a solid job for the year, but they seem to be waning a little bit. Hunsu Kim was able to get three hits yesterday for LG but rest of the team, a combined four hits. Roberto Ramos, or as he's known by some of his teammates, as we found out on the KBO broadcast last night, he is known as Bob, so we're going to call him Bob Ramos is hitting a 364 for the year, tied for the KBO lead with six home runs, but he has just one hit over the team's last two games. That's over the course of eight at-bats for him, so he has been scuffling a little bit with that regard. You do have a couple guys that towards the bottom of the lineup have been a little bit feast or famine. Someone like a G1O is right now hitting below the Mendoza line. Kanam Yu, he's hitting a 167 as well, so I do think that LG is a team in which they're going to need to get all their runs for the top of it, and Mr. Cuevas, he certainly is far from great. 571 ERA so far this year, but what I do like about him is the fact that he doesn't issue a lot of walks. 17 and a third inning so far this year, just three walks. He has given up two home runs, but keep in mind that he wound up having to go up against Lote when they were white hot, along with the NC Dinos, and in that start against the Dinos, he only gave up one run over the course of six innings, so I do think that he's going to be able to perform quite well, and with the smiling blobs, they have overhauled the bullpen. The big reason why this team is below 500 right now is just because I think they've blown five saves so far this year. I think that the revamping of the bullpen is big for the Smiling Blobs, so I think that they get the job done here. We're taking our friends of Smiling Blobs and the under in this spot. 304-643, 304-644. The Lotte Giants are going to be playing also the Kiwoom Heroes. The Heroes open up at a lot of books, more in that minus 175, minus 175-ish range, and now you're finding them as low as minus $2, and in some other places, you're going to be finding them as high as minus 240, so they certainly have shot to the moon with that regard. When you take a look at the Lotte Giants, you're going to be finding mostly plus 175. Might find them a little bit more, a little bit less with juice with a little bit of lesser juice, but in that 175 range. And your total on this game, it is 10.5. With the 10.5, you are having a little bit of variance with the juice. Offers anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115, and that makes the under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. For the heroes, they are going to be trotting out Hute Choi as their starter. Meanwhile, John Won Su is going to be taking the mound for the Giants. And for Mr. So, he is 19 years old. So, obviously, a young guy. He is in his second year in the KBO, actually. Went 4 11 with a 5.47 ERA during his first season in the KBO. He split time as a starter and a reliever. He's a guy that actually doesn't have the worst walk rate in the world right around. 
3.5 to 3.6 walks per nine innings last year. And he's on pace for something similar this year. I will say this. He had one very good start to begin the year against KT Smiling Blobs. From there, he has been absolutely shelled. He's given up a combined 12 runs over the team's last five games. I think that we're going to see something in the middle in this one. And then when you take a look at Wunte Choi, I think that this is someone that's going to be able to really perform for Kiwoom. He had a 338 last year, 11 and 5 record. So far this year, he's just been hit by the walk bug. He's given up six walks over the course of 15 innings. He had a very good start against Samsung, against Kia as well. He looks solid. And then against Wyverns, he winds up going two and two thirds innings, gives up five runs, four of which were earned. He's actually had three runs unearned against him so far this year. So that has certainly hurt him. I do think that Kiwoom is starting to improve itself in the field, though. And with Kiwoom, they were really able to bust out with a bunch of runs yesterday. Biongo Park, who led the KBO in home runs last year, he had two of them in that game against Lote. You want to know with the Lote Giants coming into this series, they had seven runs over their last four games. They had an eruption for nine runs two nights ago against the Euros. I think that we can expect more like the three to four runs, like they scored four runs yesterday. I think that that should be a little bit more of the expectations because Dixon Machado saying just 228 for the year. He was white hot at the beginning of the year. Since then, he's had five hits over the team's last 10 games. He is really falling back to earth. Deo Lee, he went 0 for 4 in the team's game yesterday. He's hitting at 350 for the year, but he's sort of the KBO version of Miguel Cabrera. Was once a very good power hitter, but now he's up there in years at age 37. He's just not very fast. He's not really able to do anything other than DH, and then you take a look at the bottom of the lineup for Lote. It's just not necessarily solid, and then you need to get a little bit more out of a few of the guys, like a Asiap Sun. He has really fallen back to earth. He's hitting a 360 for the year, but his last five outings zero hits in three of them, so it certainly is feast or famine with him. I do think that Kiwoom, because they were able to save a lot of that bullpen yesterday, they're going to be able to get the job done. I think that the Heroes should be able to win this game, and I do think that this is a spot in which the young pitcher in so for Lote, he's not going to necessarily be terrible. He's not necessarily going to be great. It's going to be sort of like vanilla ice cream. I think that Kiwoom gets the job done a little bit of a lower scoring game, so we're going to be taking the under, and we are going to be laying it here with the Heroes. We move on to 304, 645, 304 646. NC Dinos are going to be playing us the Hanwha Eagles. Eagles are finding themselves the biggest underdog on the board. At pretty much everywhere now, you're finding them at at least $2. You might find them a dad less if your juice isn't good, but I'm seeing them between plus 205 and plus 230, and that means that the Dinos are as high as minus 270. I think the lowest number that you're going to find at this point is minus 240, so this has certainly been steamed up, and your total is anywhere between 9 to 9.5. Juice on the over of 9 is minus 120. The under of 9 is even. If you're seeing a 9.5 out there, the over and under is going to be at minus 110 on both the over and the under in a lot of spots. And for the Eagles, they are going to be trotting out there. Siwon Jong. Meanwhile, for the NC Dinos, it is going to be foreign-born pitcher Mike Wright. And Mike Wright was Mr. Wright when he went up against Tucson in his last start. He was pulling off a complete magician act. He wound up having to go 115 pitches in five innings, but did not allow a single run. Issued five walks and four hits over the course of five innings, but he did just enough to get the job done. Team, I believe that was the nine-run game in which NC had. It might have been the game before, but with that said, he was certainly able to evade danger. And for the Eagles, this has been the top under team out there in the KBO. I believe that they've had four games this year in which the total has went north of nine between the amount of runs that they've scored and their opponents, considering they played 17 games so far this year. 
That is pretty stinking impressive. And Hanwha has had one of the better bullpen ERAs that you're going to find out there in the KBO. And for NC, they've got the best reliever in the KBO in Jong Han Wan. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring affair. When you take a look at the Eagles, Sun Yo Lee, he needs to be getting on base a little bit more. Went 0 for 4 yesterday. He's hitting a 246 for the year. You can tell that he's getting up there in years. Had 21 home runs last year, just one so far this year. And what is really key is Jared Hoying, a guy that has been in and out of the fold due to injury so far this year, hitting just at 239. He had 18 home runs last year, just one so far this year. And then when you get into the bottom of the lineup for the Eagles, it is a little bit of a tough situation. You've got a number nine hitter that's hitting below the Minos line. I will say that C1 No has been able to give the team a little bit of something out of the eight hole, but you just don't know what you're going to be able to get game to game, especially from a power standpoint with the Eagles being dead last in that regard. And for NC, this is a team that's been a little bit banged up as well. Sung Bum Na has been doing a terrific job of being able to supply a little bit of boom. He was struggling a little bit at getting on base consistently, but you got to think that the three hits that he had Friday night slash Saturday morning is going to be able to help him out. The catcher spot has been a little bit hit or miss for NC, but Taegun Kim and also EJ Yang, both these guys are very solid, so no matter who they have out there, they're in good hands, but I will say this, with NC, they are one of these teams that they've got one weak spot, and it's the guy that you probably know the best. Aaron Altair, a.k.a. Aaron Altairable. He's hitting a 204 for the year. He's had a grand total of three hits over the team's last four games. All three came in that big comeback against Tucson. He had a big game there, but past that, this guy's not really done much all year long. I do think that the Eagles are going to be able to keep this game out in front of them. I don't know if they're going to be able to win it outright because the Eagles, they're just not able to get that big hit, but I think that this is going to be your type of, I would say, 3-2 to two style game. I think that there's a good chance that the Eagles can keep this a one-run game. So even if they lose, you're able to get a plus price at a lot of spots with the Eagles on the run line. I'm seeing a bunch of right around plus 125-ish with taking a plus run and a half with the Eagles. You're going to find maybe more like a plus 115, plus 120, but regardless, you're getting plus money here. So we are going to take the run and a half at a plus price with the Eagles, and we're going to be taking this total under as well. 304, 647, 304, 648. The Doosan Bears are going to be hitting the road, and they are going to be facing off against the Samsung Lions. With the Bears, you're finding them at a lot of spots at minus 180. You are actually finding a couple minus 170s out there as well if you're out there more in the New Jersey area. And then if you're looking offshore, you're able to find as high as minus $2. So this certainly is wide-ranging. Meanwhile, with Samsung Lions, you're going to find as low as plus 145, as high as plus 70. So shop accordingly. Total on this game, it is the highest out there on the board. We are seeing a lot of 11.5. Circa actually offered this at 12.5 earlier. I wound up taking the under at 12.5. Right now, we are mostly seeing 11.5 with the over being mostly at even at a lot of these books. I'm also seeing a minus 105 on the over, and then you can see under anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. And the reason why you are seeing such a big number with regards to the total is because of the pitching matchup. Young Ha Lee is going to be going for Dusan. Meanwhile, Mr. David Buchanan is going to be taking the mound for the Samsung Lions. This is the first year in the KBO for Mr. Buchanan. He spent a couple years out in Japan, and this has never been a good strikeout guy. Whether he's been in the major leagues, whether he's been in Japan, I think that when he was playing coach pitch baseball. He was also not a good strikeout guy. He's got a 7.50 ERA, and he's just been highly consistent. Three starts so far this year. He gave up five runs and six innings against the Dinos. He follows that up with seven scoreless innings against the Kiwoo Miros, and then against the LG Twins in his last start, just got lit on fire. He goes five innings, giving up ten runs, all of which were earned, and this is a Samsung Lions team that the bullpen is 
gas and a half. They entered into the series the top bullpen ERA in the KBO. Two nights ago, they needed to get 26 outs out of the bullpen because Ben Lively wound up leaving the game due to a rib injury. They are now down two out of their main five starters already, which means that you've got a lot of guys pressed into action that you didn't want to. Samsung had to throw out their 18-year-old Dung J. Wan to be able to preserve as much of the bullpen as possible, but we saw it in their last start with David Buchanan as well. He winds up giving up so many runs in the first couple innings, but they had to keep him out there just because they had nobody out there in the bullpen. I think that that could be the case in this one. I certainly think that Buchanan is going to be better than the 10 earned runs that he gave up in his last start. And then when you take a look at Dusan, what is going to be a big question is what you're going to get out of Mr. Lee. This is a guy with a 4-11 ERA so far this year at a 3.64 last year with 17-4. and His record was probably a little bit of a result of Dusan just being such a good offensive team because this is a guy that he walks quite a few players. 61 walks and 163 and a third innings last year. He's already issued 10 free passes and a little bit over 15 innings so far this year, but I will say, two out of his three starts have been pretty solid in his first start against LG. He winds up giving up two runs, but only one of which were earned against the Twins, and for that matter, this is someone that has been the victim of giving up four runs that were unearned so far this year. Meanwhile, he's only given up a grand total of seven earned runs in his three starts, so you do want to note that. And with Tucson, Jose Miguel Fernandez, you gotta think at some point is gonna regress a little bit. This is a guy that's hitting 500. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's gonna be towards the top of the KBO in regards to hitting once again, but I just think that this is a little bit of a torrid pace, and you do want to know with Dusan. Even though they are so strong, they do have a couple guys at the bottom of the lineup because they have been dealing with injuries that are a little bit less than seller. They weren't able to get a hit out of the 8-9-0 hitters, even though they've been dealing with a couple injuries with their 3-4 and four hitters. You do still have Juwan Choi. He's hitting right around at 270 for the year. He had just 4 home runs last year in 87 games. He's got 4 so far this year. He had that big grand slam yesterday, so you've got to like that. Kunwon Park is someone that I think is really going to be able to have a come up with his average as well. He had 319 last year, 213 so far this year, but this is someone that's got some good wheels. I think that he's going to be able to bust out at some point. And then when you take a look at Samsung, this is a team that at the bottom of the lineup, they don't have a lot. How about Tyler Saladino hitting a 128? I remember him from being a Milwaukee Brewers fan last year. He got all of his RBI in his career with the Milwaukee Brewers in 2019 on two swings of the bat. Two lucky grand slams. That's all he ever did for the Milwaukee Brewers. Hit below the Mendoza line. We're seeing that once again this year. Top lineup is not really coming through. Jay Wu Koo has been hitting at 361 so far this year, but it seems like he might be coming back to the pack a little bit. Did not get a hit in the team's game yesterday as well. Not really much of a power guy either. A combined 36 home runs over his last three years, so I do think that this is a Samsung team that is going to have a tough time being able to hit Dusan around. I think that they're going to try to get as many walks as possible, but I think that Mr. Lee is going to do a better job with this command. I think that David Buchanan is going to give a little bit more of a solid start, but I think that he's going to be pushed a little bit too far, so we're going to take the under in this spot, and we're going to lay the money line here with the Dusan Bears, and we wrap things up with 304-649-304-650. The SK Wyverns are going to be playing us to the Kia Tigers. Tigers are finding themselves at a lot of spots right in that neighborhood of minus 130. You might be able to find as good as a minus 125. You might be able to find a minus 135 as well, which means that with the Wyverns, anywhere between plus 105 and plus 115. Your total on this game, it is 9.5, and, and the juice on the 9.5, it is all over the place. Overs anywhere between even a minus 115. Unders anywhere between minus 120 and minus 105. And for the SK Wyverns, Ricardo Pinto is going to be taking the mound. That's one of my favorite names to say in the KBO. I always love being able to bust out the accent. Meanwhile, Minwoo Lee is 
going to be going for the Kia Tigers. And with Min Woo Lee, he certainly is a little bit of a unproven commodity over his last two years in the KBO, a combined 4-9 and nine record. I will say this, though. He is coming off a very solid start against the Lotte Giants, in which he went six innings, gave up two runs. He has been having a little bit of a walks issue. Seven walks so far this year, but what else do you have to like is the fact that he's got 13 strikeouts as well. So that's been rock solid. He does a great job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. Dating back to last year, over his last 10 starts, he's given up three long balls, so he does a solid job there. And then when you take a look at the SK Wyverns, they have been struggling with the bats. Jamie Romack, who was in the top three with regards to home runs at the KBO last year, just two so far this year. Dong Min Han, he has been able to supply some boom. 316 batting average, six home runs, but I do think that some regression might be setting in for him a little bit. He seems to be cooling down a tad. And then when you just take a look at the bottom of the lineup for the SK Wyverns, you don't know what you're going to be able to get game to game. Hun Jun is hitting at 207. Hangu Lee, he has been hitting below the Mendoza line. The number seven hitter in Jing Pyong Kim, he is hitting 200 as well. So once you get past, I would say the five hitter in the SK Wyverns lineup, you're not going to be able to get a little bit, though I won't sell Ji Jing John short as well. He had three hits yesterday. He's hitting a 316 for the year, but keep in mind, last year he hit a buck 88 in a injury riddled year. He has a combined four home runs over the team's last three years. So, I mean, it's one of these situations where you don't know what you're getting out of the Wyverns. Wyverns have been heavily taxed when it comes to their bullpen as well. They were able to get a little bit of relief by Taehoon Kim being able to go six innings yesterday. So, that is a little bit of a helper for this bunch. But I will say this I do expect Ricardo Pinto to get a little bit more help from the fielding. You take a look at his last two games, he has given up a combined 18 runs, but only 10 of them were earned. To be the victim of 8 unearned runs and 2 starts is just absolutely ridiculous. I do think that this is a guy that's not necessarily going to give you a bunch of length. He has went bad to the 5th inning just once so far this year. He's never necessarily been known for his distance. And then when you take a look at the Kia Tigers, they have a well-rested bullpen. It has been one of the better ones out there in the KBO. And when you take a look at what this team has been able to do in general as well, they have held all of their opponents to 3 runs or fewer in every one of their games during this 5-game win streak. I think that they're going to be able to keep that positive momentum going. We're going to take the Tigers here and the under, and that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this wonderful Saturday. I will not be coming at you guys on Sunday just because there are no KBO games that are going to be going down for Sunday night slash Monday morning, so I will be back at you guys Monday afternoon since we did our nice little look at the MLB for the weekend today with Keith Arizari. Big thanks to him of DAZN and MLB Network for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have any questions for the podcast, fire it into my timeline at your score one. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. And I'll come at you guys Monday afternoon for the picks in the Monday night slash Tuesday morning KBO games. Thank you so much for tuning in.